Listen to the Plus 4-4 podcast wherever you get your podcasts or listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Hey, I'm Nadia J. And I'm Eddie Cuddy. Now, before season two of the Plus 4-4 podcast returns, we're taking over and we're going to take you back to one of the most exciting decades for black music and culture. We're going to take you down the nostalgic journey of the noughties and we'll be joined by a special guest who helped to define the culture of the era. From the rise of UK Garage, the questionable fashion choices that we used to rock, to us seeing more black people on TV, we're going to be talking to the pioneers who led the way and opened the doors for artists, actors, writers, and fashion designers at the top of their game today. So join us as we celebrate one of the most important decades in black British culture. Wiley and Kano, it's one of the best clashes of all time. Yeah. They both respected each other's art. They wanted to beat each other at their art form. They wanted to be the best in their field at what they do. Skepta and Devilman. Skepta yep. respected Devilman's flows. Yeah. And and so did Skepta. Um, Devilman respects Skepta's flows. And they wanted to kind of utilize that to kind of elevate. But don't think for one second on that day, it wasn't warm in there. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, I'm Nadia J. And I'm Eddie Caddy. And welcome back to the Plus 4-4 Presents the Naughties podcast exclusively on Amazon Music. That's right. We're here to take you on a nostalgic journey through an era that gave us great music, great mm-hmm. TV, Great comedy and questionable fashion. That's right. It could only be the noughties, an era that contributed to so much of our lifestyle today. So as well as platforms like Channel U coming up in the noughties, which was literally the home for UK grime, UK music, it was in the noughties that we started to see a significant rise in online platforms. So Channel U was like 2003. We have MySpace the same year. Big up Facebook. That came like what? Around 2004. Um, YouTube, YouTube was 05, us. which is crazy to think that it's only Imagine. like, it was 2005 before that, what, it wasn't there. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter um, 2006, and then of course Instagram. Instagram came and said, move over. Life changing. Move over. 2010. And these were the platforms that gave us space to showcase our talent in front and behind the scenes. So if you were a rapper starting in that era, getting seen on platforms like Channel U was the goal then. Slowly it started to transition to being seen on the biggest YouTube channels. And one of the biggest channels then and now, mm-hmm. which launched in 2007, was SP. TV, founded by the late, amazing, great Jamal Edwards. Yeah, man, let's give him a quick shout out, a round of applause. And just come on, woo! That guy, come on, yes, yeah, Smokey Bars. Absolutely changed my life. He changed so many people's lives. I honestly, like, you know, Jamal, I never forget the story about Jamal just getting a camcorder from his mom. So also big up Brenda as well for Christmas. Yeah. And it that was it. It didn't stop him. And, and that helped him launch so many people's careers in the UK. Stormzy, Leisha, yep. Ed Sheeran, yep. who, you know, everyone knows about, to name a few. So, SBTV, thanks, man, for launching. And you my career what? too. I'm going to sit and I'm saying big up to the legend, Jamal. I used to carry a big Panasonic Sonic big Zoom camera when wow. I was like... 10. If only I had that idea. But that was for church. I could have been doing the gospel (laughs) SPTV. Let's talk about Jamal wasn't the only one giving MCs a platform to showcase their skills in the noughties. We have people like our guest today, Mm -hmm. Jamal. One of the pioneers of the grime movement, creating a space in 2004. And it doesn't look a day older, man, for MCs to showcase their skills through clashes on the platform, Lord, Lord of, of the, the mics. mics. Come on, man. Can we make some noise for the legend that is Jamal. Yeah, yeah. 
my guy Jammer. So you're responsible for hosting some of the most legendary grime clashes of all time. Mm. On your platform, Lord of the Mics. Now, specifically, we, you know, you know the one. Like, yeah. Wiley Kano, that was legendary. Mm -hmm. That set pace for everything else that came after that mm -hmm. as well. How are you doing, my guy? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Healthy. Yeah. Get me working. Everything's flourishing. You get what I'm saying? Trying to get the skin routine like You're looking yeah, good, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah. You're looking good. And by the way, yeah. I saw I saw on social media the other day, man. Congrats yeah, to your congrats family. To the family. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, yeah. tell us about your sister and her role now in life. Um, my sister's been one of the leading barristers in the country for a little while. She's yeah. um a lot of people um was like, Oh, you know, she's um kind of working for the system and all that type of stuff and i'm like look what you don't understand is like my sister's worked hard to do what she does and she's actually defense so she works with a lot of man's cases yeah um and she's actually in there to kind of have someone from outside of defense inside to understand what's going on and she's reached the kind of highest levels that she could reach in her thing, you know, yeah. in QC. She's still gonna, she's still gonna go further. She's always got something else to do. Yeah. But she's like someone that's always inspired me to like keep pushing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. when she was studying and I'm like doing my thing, it's like the levels, what she's doing it to is like very, very high. She's, she's consistent. She doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Always working, always trying to reach new levels. So yeah, she's one of my biggest inspirations, you know, big up law. You're a guy that's been, you, you, you've been at the forefront as, a, as an artist. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, you still are, but, but Merkel, man, we look at as a character. Someone exactly. that, 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 it's almost like a character we all hold fondly to our heart, 100%. right? Mm -hmm. And I often wonder, for you, was it something that you just thought at one stage, you know what, nah, this is, I'm not on this no more. I'm mm -hmm. going to put this aside and just focus more on actually curating mm -hmm. the scene because that's what you are. You're a scene curator. Yeah, you know what it was? Like, Merkel, man, like, at the time that I created that, it was, um, I felt like a lot of like videos on Channel U and like maybe MTV and stuff, like people was like standing in front of Bentleys and yeah. like mm. doing all this type of stuff that, that wasn't really actually happening here yet. Yeah. Yeah, it might be happening now, another 20 years later, but at the time I wanted to just do something that was, and a lot of people was taking themselves too serious. serious. So I just wanted to do something that was a bit more lighthearted and I felt like, yeah, we needed a black superhero. I think it was kind of interesting because when I started to kind of walk around, I see a lot of kids, like like mothers are, uh, with their kids and that in their prams, and they're like, Michael, man, like, they get what I'm saying? So it's like, that was kind of my vision. Um, and then obviously that kind of took off and the tune took off. Yeah. And um, we were going up and down the country, just like every every kind of club. Um, I think at the time, Reggie Yates made it like his number one record on MTV. And at that time, a lot of people didn't transition from Channel U to MTV. MTV that yeah. was like mm. a big thing. Um, and I remember like, it was out of like, me and Swiss cry. Right, oh, big song. And I remember they took the Merkel Man track and I was, it kind of was mind blowing to me because it was like, I was slightly talking about Grease, you know what I'm saying? And he yeah. was actually talking about like real topics that, we was going through as people, but it made me realize like they're not always gonna kind of slide through with like the positive meditation. But at the same time, with the video of Merkel Man, there was a positive element if you watch yeah. the yeah. video yeah. and you kind of see what man's trying to do in that and like the battles man was fighting within that. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting, man. But yeah, I done that and it was like something that I did, innit? It's just something that I did at that time. And then I kind of felt like 
there was more work to do. Like Dizzy was hitting me up and he was like, yo, you need to come on tour with me. He was working on maths and English. He wanted, like, we done a Miracle Man remix, me right. double And then that kind of opened my eyes because I was doing a lot of the festivals with him, like Reggie yeah. and Leeds and stuff like that. And I was like, right, I need to link the man them and, and kind of... Because Bizzle was actually... I, I remember one time I saw Bizzle in um, Tinseltown. This was before Tiny wrote Tinsel that Town, the spot. Big yeah. up Tinsel Town. That's the spot. Was the this is before everyone spot. started fighting in there. Yeah. <laughs> because you just have your one, yeah, two you milkshake and chill. Milkshake and, yeah, and man. Good. But I remember bumping into Bizzle in there one time and he was like, yo, Jam, like, you need to jump on this festival thing. Because obviously, like, I'm a performer, innit? Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, yeah, I make music, but when I touch stage, that's like where I'm actually alive. So he was like, you need to be doing this thing. So when I started to see the festival thing, I was like, right, more artists need to kind of transition into that yeah, space, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's when I just started to try and build like a lot more of the platforms and kind of put kind of more music together that kind of directed us towards that, you know what I mean? Mm. And that kind of just evolved into more things naturally, do you know what I mean? Then the Boy Better No movement started and then, it just kind of got mad from there. Yeah, we, we, they're well, slowing down. Yeah, they're slowing down because yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I think what you don't realize is that you know, I mean, it's funny because actually we we played Ice by this morning on radio. Like you mm-hmm. lot are still very much in rotation. Like how many years later? But you're an artist and you made a platform. That is not something that a lot of artists do. Mm-hmm. And the platform that you created not just made your scene flourish, but it brought you know, the the visual of battling, mm-hmm. it became something you could watch. Mm-hmm. That yep. was not happening mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. that. Before that, you had to like, first of all, you had to record things on tape Absolutely. to hear that stuff from, yeah. from pirate radio. If you saw anything, it would be a video from someone. You'd have to know someone in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the crowd or in the crew or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you weren't someone from the outside you were someone from the inside and then still decided you know I need to do this for us for the for the culture like what what was inception like when how did that how did that become a thing that you wanted to do whilst you were still Um, an artist so obviously I'm a producer mainly right so obviously like the basement which is kind of the hub where everybody kind of got together to make magical moments and that was in the basement of my mother's house and um funny enough June the 17th, we're going to be having an installation in the Museum of London. Right, I've just heard about that. Congrats, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So that was kind of where everyone was. And I was with Kano. I remember I was with Kano and we was chilling at the house. And um, this was at the time when Kano kind of joined Nasty Crew for a little while. We had made Take You Out, put him on Destruction, was kind of figuring out, like, the direction for him. Do you know what I mean? And I was obviously instrumental in that kind of, a lot of the early stages of that. And um, I just felt like Kano was one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And I wanted a way to kind of elevate him and for people to actually understand how great this guy is. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know what? If he goes against Wiley, which is the like the number one MC in the country and who clashes everyone, if you clash Wiley, that means that you're, you're up there, yeah, up you there. know what I'm saying? So I thought, all right, let me have that conversation with Wiley. And he was coming back from, from America 
And he called me. He's like, I'll be back tomorrow. I was like, come to the yard. I want to... Though he said to me, I'm coming to the house. He's like, I just seen Damon Dash. He was he was gassed because he met Damon Dash. And he gave us some... Gave him some music and that. Right. Yeah. So he, he basically said he's going to come to come to meet me at the house. When we got there, when he got to the house, I literally just pulled out my video camera and was like, do you want to catch Kano? And knowing what Wiley's like. What? So you did it there and then. So he obviously you caught him in the hype as well, yeah, right? Yeah, of him yeah. being I excited. Just caught him in the midst of everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. How it was then, um, you just you just made things happen organically. Yeah. There was no like mad like strategic thought process to start. Yeah, yeah. It was just like me thinking, all right, what do I need to do next to kind of bring Kane on that level? And there was the number one grand producer at the time was me and Wiley. Right. Yeah, so we were fighting for that spot almost. Yeah. Um, so was this a known thing? This is a known thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because obviously if you look back, you would see Nasty Crew. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you would see Roll Deep. Roll Deep. Yeah. Those that were was the yeah. biggest crews of all time. And you guys yeah. were the guys behind yeah, it. Yeah, so. exactly. So and me and Wiley was instrumental in kind of formulating the crews. The sound. The sound. Yeah. What it looks like, how we're going to push it out and stuff like that. And that's how kind of... Um, a lot of the, a lot of the things came around, but I basically whipped the camera out and I was like, "Look, do you want to um, crush Kano to Wally?" And obviously, Wally's in the room, Skeptics in the room, like a couple other men in the room. Wally's not really gonna be like, "No, no, of course, you know yeah, what I'm that's, that's what it lives for." So, but I knew that in my head, and I just thought, you know what? But also, massive respect to Wally because one time Wally was like, I was like to Wally like, um. Like, what you did for Kane, like, to elevate him at that moment of his career, like, people don't understand, like, because he was always like, oh, I lost that clash. I was like, no, you kind of, you know when the you put your head on the kind yeah. of, you put your head on the slab to kind of elevate someone else? Yeah. He was like, blood, I didn't do that for Kane, I done it for you. Do you get what I'm saying? Right, That's the right. first time I realised, mm. like, because um, I always thought, like, he did that to elevate Kano. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. But what he was saying is he did that for me because he understood what the platform I was trying to what build. What he was trying what, to build, yeah. right, right, of course. Right. And just like, yeah, on a, on on that, like, he respects my thing. And that's that's kind of relationship that me and Wiley had. He always, when he met me, he always knew, like, you're the guy that's going to keep me on my toes. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's what Nasty Crew and Roll Deep was. There was a rivalry, but it elevated music in mm. general. It brought everything to the top tier, you know? If you look at any rappers from today, even if they're a little bit younger, they'll know either someone from Nasty Crew or they or know the someone crew in the whole, right. yeah, yeah, or they yeah. took some um, some kind of inspiration from these kind of setups. You There's know always I mean? a reference point, that, that, yeah. that is for sure. So, so, of course, when you're saying, you know, you felt like he lost or whatever, I think it was more when you're someone like Wiley, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone wants to see a new guy also come through. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. a guy like you said with Kano the, yeah. and, and someone like Kano that they loved and respected. Mm-hmm. He still had to, you know, get his yeah. A game up. Yeah. He still yeah. had to be on his yeah. A game, and of course that they happened. But I mean, even people now are still clashing Wiley. What, like, do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he loves it. Well, look, he absolutely happened, loves it. Look what happened. Stormzy's album went into number one. Yeah. That's it. Once he had the battle with Wiley. Right. So you know. So if you look at Jay-Z and Nas, yeah. the same thing. Same you know what thing. I mean? Like, yeah. I think... 50 Jerome. Yeah. We love it. That's Controversy what we, yeah. sells music. That's yeah. Right. You know, battling sells music. Mm-hmm. And I think with Lord of the Mics, when I initially done it, what you were saying is a lot of people didn't know what people looked like. So it put yeah. the faces to the voices because a lot of the tapes, you could only... Ju- you, you just imagined what Flo Dan looked like. Exactly. I, just, I yeah. thought, like... 
certain man, I just you made just pictures in my head of them. Like yeah. yeah. So before I met everybody or before like previous to like, because Flo Dan and those, Flo Dan and that was still spitting on Garage. Yeah. Before Grime was, you know, but I was like a producer trying to get into Garage, but didn't really, I made some tunes, but I wasn't really the big man in Garage. In Garage, you get what right. I'm saying? Like Fonty, Big Up Fonty, them man was playing certain of my little rhythms and that, which kind of helped me a lot, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But it was the inception of like Lord of the Mics and, you know, DVDs like Practice Hours, Risky Roads, mm -hmm. and, you know, even Lord of the Decks when I was working on that, um, kind of giving, turning people to stars. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Actually, that was the, you know, that was, we didn't have... Because Channel U came later. Yeah, MTV that's what I'm saying. Right. Came how later. did you create the buzz? What was, you know, how did the yeah, world get around? Social media. Social media. Exactly. Was you, you flying around? Man was driving around in dingers. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, can we explain what dingers are? Do, do you want to explain what know, dingers are? Yeah. Go on. Dingers are cars that don't even. They shouldn't even be on the road. Like, they yeah. At all. <laughs> so basically, a, a dinger is is a car that's kind of put together. Yes. yes. That's not fully legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you, you. Why are you both trying to sound so poetic with it? I like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, but we yeah. get the idea. You made it work. Yeah. So we just basically <laughs> kind of. Oh, there might be one man that had a license, you get me, yeah. out of a hundred men. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll get the DVDs, we'll get them in the boot, and we'll go to each, every end. We'll go to Wembley Market, Hackney Market. Real market. work. Wow, yeah, man. yeah, really step out there, go to Birmingham, drive to Reading, go to the shops, put them in. And I was, at a time, a little bit previous to that, I was working in the Central Direct, which was the biggest distribution company in the okay. underground. Right. And um, I was, I used to work there on doing the numbers at the stocks. Okay. So... In that, I met Sarah Lockhart, which um, I don't know if a few people might know, but she's instrumental in... Um, she she ran Bingo Records forward. Um, okay. She's She was a part of Rinse FM as well, yep. building right. Rinse FM. And she just in, she's just integral in underground music. Um, she now, obviously, she has a child with Zinc, which uh, Zinc is one of the most influential producers. And they mm -hmm. kind of... She kind of, like, was working there and kind of... I was seeing a lot through her and I kind of got the database from there and then decided to build my own ecosystem within Gram. And that's how we started to distribute a lot of the underground records. So a lot of the early Jamaat the World releases, Kano's, yeah, yeah. Boys Love yep, Girls yep, got released yep. on my, oh, one of my thing. Um, a lot of Rough Squad's vinyls, Tinchy yeah. Strider, um, all, the, all of the underground guys' ears, um, Skepta, Jamie, early records. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to it. picture it all, uh, picture it all when you're breaking it down, Raph. So for those who don't know, break down the area that you, you know, that you was growing up in and what was going on during that time. So I wanted to kind of kick it off for maybe just finishing off school, right? You're going yeah. towards college. So finishing off school, going into college, it was like... What area was this, by the this way? This is Leightonstone. Leightonstone, right. Um, but obviously surrounding, you got Leighton, you got Forest Gate, you got like Newham, yep. Stratford. Okay. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of like, it's kind of like a weird time because... It, like people talk about Graham like there was never like a street element to it do you know what I'm saying it's like because everybody is that, is that a thing I feel like you know like with everybody in Graham now yeah they've elevated and they've grown and they've got to a stage where they're kind of they understand what they're trying to do they've elevated they've built brands they've built yeah, businesses they've grown they don't up, want no yeah. drama they don't want no pass yeah. everyone's trying to get Ain't no one it's not like a clash. get along gang but yeah. everyone respects each other we've seen each other for a certain amount of time so no one's really trying to bust a man's head yeah. or run a man down or do all of that but obviously in music today if you look at that like the drill scene that's a lot of the hypes built up off of the kind of 
yeah. violent kind of thing. Fact. And back then, obviously, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. But we tend to use, like, if you look at Napper and Getz situation, yeah. instead of them man swinging, they would have it out have on the mic. Cash. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. then kind of generate buzz through that and then mm. shows and then money and stuff like that. But prior to all of that happening, you had you had people turning up to radio, you know what I'm saying, pulling out certain things, things was happening. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And that's the era where we was actually trying to come up in. You know, if you look up the B, Lethal B, yeah. boundary uh, situation, yeah. he was going through certain problems with man in the ends. He had to kind of skip out and get out of there because it was getting warm. You get what I'm saying? And these are like real life situations that were happening. And there's multiple situations like this. Mm. But obviously at the time, those are things that kind of caused hype around people's names and buzz and talk on the streets. But as people move on, there's kind of less of that Situation. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But at that time in East, it was it was warm. It was so, crazy. so that's happening underground, yeah. yeah so, what, um, what's happening on on top on the surface? Who are the no artists one. that are popping? There was no. There was none. There wasn't. Like, any. What, they, there they, was they, not. They, yeah. They, think of so an artist that you say, okay, okay, yeah. So, what, say Wiley, he was in Garage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max or D. Yep. Serious. Yeah. But that was still he was still from Leighton. It was like yeah. it's a lot. It's still very underground. It was a lot, like. I don't want to go into too much. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was stuff happening. So you know how what I'm did you guys manage to turn real life beef into online? Let's generate. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using rocket money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Music beef, because I think one thing now... There was no online then, though. Well, yeah, yeah, even, yeah exactly. Even before, what, I'm what, saying online, like DVDs and... Platform. Platform. Yeah, and yeah, before, because yeah. this is before Channel U, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we can talk about SB as well, yeah, GRM yeah. or Grime Daily, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because it, it's still real now. They're mm-hmm. still, boy, like, guys who are artists that are dealing with day-to-day beef, mm-hmm. but they've lost the element of clashing, mm-hmm. which I think is so healthy for the music industry. And mm-hmm. I think now everyone's too emotive. Yeah. yeah. When there's a clash, it's like people want to cry, like as in fans, they or don't people enjoy people it. People want to actually see a fight, right? Right, or they want to see you swinging, for real. 
Because I think, like, what people don't understand, there's also an art form to clashing, right? And where people started to kind of do things like, because, oh, I don't like my man, I want to do this stuff. If you really break it down, you know, Wally and Kano, it's one of the best clashes of all time. Yeah. They both respected each other's art. They wanted to beat each other at their art form. They wanted to be the best in their field of what they do. Skepta and Devilman. Skepta yep. respected yeah. Devilman's flows. Yeah. And and so did Skepta. Um, Devilman respect Skepta's flows. And they wanted to kind of utilize that to kind of elevate. But don't think for one second on that day, it wasn't warm in there. Mm, I had to stop certain man at the door and give man talks and sh- stuff you get what I'm saying you, you seem extremely passionate I love that uh, you know I can feel your passion in terms of how you wanted to protect what you was doing not just for yourself but everybody else right how far into the future did you see this thing going what was your vision at the time do you know what I just wanted everyone to be able to get out of the situation they was in right I wasn't even I was looking forward because I knew I was you know I was having meetings with like Polydor labels you know I was I was one of the first people to introduce a lot of these MCs to like label situations and before man understood you know what they're, tra- they're trying to mug it we need to go independent yeah the only way out for us at the time was thinking oh to get a, to get a video on TV at the time you needed to have a label do you know what I'm saying and you needed to have certain things until we figured out alright we can use the DVDs we can shoot our own videos and then we can use Channel U and then we can build this momentum up to the stage where we might not even need them Right, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? And then it got bigger than that, where to the stage where, like, man was selling records ourselves, we're selling, we're streaming ourselves, we're doing, we're headlining festivals without Good no times. album. Good times! You get what I'm saying? Good times! But you know what's so mad about it? It's like, that's, so you see a lot of things like with label services now, where you can see a lot of artists go and get 80% of their, their intake, their income, and the label only gets 20%. Yeah. Now, from 2013 to 2016, 17, that was a lot of work done by BBK and 100%. a small amount of others right. that stuck with this integral mindset of we're going to do it ourselves. Ourselves, the independence thing. Because, yeah, I heard a few things like big brands were approaching BBK to kind of collaborate. They were like, no, even take over. Even artists just telling you that they are now independent. Mm. I remember seeing that movement thinking, this is is for generations to come. Because if you lot didn't break down those doors... I remember AJ Tracy talking to me, big up AJ. It was me, Wiley and AJ who was backstage at a festival and he was like, I just need to ask both of you lot a question. What should I do? Should I take a deal or should I go independent? And while he's been in the industry, in the kind of the deal scenario, he would go from the beginning of High Street, Ken down to the other and yeah. wrangle them all for their money. Of course he yeah. would. And um, <laughs> now a man like me, I would like more try to sell my records myself, distribute stuff myself. Yeah. And AJ asked a question and Wiley said to him, just take the money. Just take the deal. It's so funny. Yeah, the, Every the, time Wiley story, yeah, yeah. story, you all sound like Wiley. It literally yeah. sounds like See, that's what he said. He yeah. said, just take the money, age. Just take the money. <laughs> and I said to him, I go independent, AJ. And just, it might be a little bit harder, but in the long run, it's going to be better. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. And um, he he then, I think his album went number one. Yeah. Um, and I messaged him on, I messaged him and I said, see, made sense and he was like I'm grateful but I'm not saying he's that success was based off of what I told him but he was in front of two of key players in the game at the time and two of them told him two different things and he might have done a deal with 
the label and he still might have been successful, but he would have been getting a minimal percentage of mm. what he was actually getting. I think you un- you'd underplay the importance of having infrastructure yeah. and greats and people like yourself, Wiley Skepta, who are accessible to these eyes because it's all good and well, you know, like, I mean, we work at a place where I can see people like June Sarpong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have access to Jenny Francis. Yeah. Like that's necessary for us that are coming up and, and and, and, and below us because when you lot have built something, if we now see it, but we can't, we can't tap into it. Yeah. 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 You can't get that knowledge. Knowledge is exactly, exactly that. No, it makes sense. Speaking of newer artists as well, I wanted to ask you if you know culture clashing has kind of. I mean, what would you would you would you say that culture clashing has lost its its? I don't even know when to say. I think I've heard you say a few times. To be fair, that it's lost its relevance. But would you like to see it come back? What culture clash? Yeah, in general, any artists that you think actually, do you know what these lot should just be clashing it out? Um. What. I don't want to sound too political. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just think Red Bull done a good job yeah. right, by bringing that showcase together. But I also feel there's a next stage of this stuff where we can do it. You know, we can find a way to elevate and do it ourselves. I don't, I don't think we always need a massive brand behind us mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. I think if we find the right promoters and clubs and kind of right team of people to kind of make something happen um it can work but i think yeah a a, a stage like that is always great you know that put worldwide artists it showed how great uk artists were because Mm. i think people kind of downplayed what we was doing yeah until they kind of saw us on stage with like usher like ASAP mob over there mm-hmm. like my dad even got to see man clashing um what's it? stone love stone love yeah, yeah get me like yeah. Yeah. All, like and he was just bringing everything to kind of one playing field which mm-hmm. was great because um i think like uk kind of get overlooked a lot and i think right now we're running a lot of this stuff oh, like, when it comes yeah, to man. fashion, yeah. when it comes to style, when it comes to music, when it comes to sound. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, Drake knows, he knows Drake the thing. Known. People people start saying, oh yeah, like this guy's trying to be a bat for like the wrong reasons. I'm just, all I'm saying is like, what people don't understand about Drake is that Drake is not American. Yeah. Exactly. And, is that, and I say Canadian, that a lot, but Canadian is just like here. And he understands like what it feels like to be outcasted yeah. by That's a whole right. set of people. Yeah. So I understand he's kind of um, take on it but I just think that like it's interesting because we, we've we been leading on a lot of things for a long time but it just took it just took time for people to see it do you know what I'm saying I think it's a social media that's come and played a role because I feel like you know a lot of influencers just artists in general they have more access to brands talking about Red Bull now mm-hmm. it's so much easier for a brand to be able to see all these artists and influence and be like, you know, let's create something for them and mm-hmm. let's collaborate and do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the days, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, but it wasn't you... cool. They didn't think it was cool. Of course, exactly. yeah. Like, I'm not, look, I'm just a realist, innit? Yeah. No one wanted to touch anyone with a barge pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? When I was first trying to do deals for Nasty Crew and what's not, I remember people being in it, a rest in peace storming. Like, mm-hmm. storming had lupus on his face. They're asking me about what's, what's in his face. Are yeah. we, like, we can't market him because mm-hmm. of all this type of stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. You got like 
you got people talking about, ah, oh, this guy, like, he's he's a bit overweight. Like, mm-hmm. like all this, this is what these people care about. Like, you got now, they're trying to talk about, oh, we're diverse. Yeah, yeah, now, everyone, now everyone counts, because right? it's popular yeah. now. But it makes money it's because now. normal Donnies, yeah, are doing like things for themselves. And others just represented as them and were just integral to what they do and became successful. So now, yeah. where do you look? Yeah. How do you get involved? Now you gotta throw the bigger bag that That's you didn't right. even. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes, cool, I get it. Money, like, I want everyone to get money as well. Take the money, but just understand what it is. You know what I'm saying? And mm. understand what your what what's your goal? What what's your, your mission? Is. You know what I'm saying? The the money thing's one thing, but what do you stand for? Do you get yeah, me? Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, and it and it's hard sometimes. Not like I understand like people might be in a predicament where like psh, their peoples are struggling. Do you get what I'm saying? They need yeah. to get this bag. You get what I'm saying? And psh, I might do this. I see certain man doing certain adverts, and it's not looking. It's looking a bit mad. <laughs> Yeah, like, but you know what? Okay, so here's the Being thing, right? And, and I'm with you, but here's what's interesting. Mm. Amongst all the conversations we're having about what was going on, the ends, the clashes, yeah. and this person trying to beef this person, this person's getting ripped off, and everyone's looking beyond certain people that are supposed to make it. Throughout the whole time, someone like yourself that stuck for, uh, throughout the whole time, you know, the, the areas, you made it, you was popping. That's the thing, and but you're still no, popping but now. Also, but right? I think it's important to mention that you were under. Radar popping in the sense that yeah, you were yeah. doing all this work. I think, like yourself, J2K, you mm. guys have been doing some really strategic yeah. business moves mm-hmm. that we only get to hear about when we have platforms like this. And mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. lo- lo- the knowledge is power. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Continue. I just wanted to. Add no, no, no. That's there. that's a point. Yeah. Man, but it's, but it's, it's it's on that to touch on that. Yeah, it's like you know, a lot of key things that man was doing, kind of. It wasn't to say, oh, like, man's doing this. It was more to kind of keep things going on because people, corners were getting cut, things yeah. were getting blocked, and we couldn't, we, you know, man had to be self-sufficient. And how do you do it? You need to kind of step up to the table and be like, all right, cool, you know what, we're just going to put on our own race. All right, we're going to mm-hmm. do this. Oh, you done mixtape. I'm going to put everyone on it. We're just going to go around and do a tour ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to pop up in the street and just do a freestyle. We're going to do whatever it takes to do to kind of keep this thing going. Yeah. And... I remember a lot of the time, like even if you look at like Rewind magazine, big up Rewind mm. magazine. We got plenty here. They were the, we got they, plenty they, on this they table. Were people that kind of understood. You had like writers like Chantal Fiddy, Hattie Chantel. Collins, yeah. and other people who kind of saw the vision um, and wanted to kind of write about man and put man out there and stuff like that. But that was about it. Mm-hmm. Then you might get a little like a touch magazine here and there, but there was not really much for man to really be out there. So you had to really be linking up with man, making things happen, going out there. And it's like, there are are some really key players like that do behind the scenes work. And a lot of the stuff that I do, sometimes I can't even remember it. Someone will be like, do you remember when you done this? Because I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it because it needed to be done at the time. Do you know what I'm saying? So... People might see me and they think, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, Jammer, man, he's an MC. Like, I'm not an MC. Mm. Like, I'm not an MC. I'm not, I'm, I'm somebody that's kind of. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. 
Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Yeah, what I want to say that someone said to me one time the other day, like, what do you do? Then I had thought to myself, I used to say, oh, yeah, I DJ before. Yeah, I do this. I do too many things to say yeah. what I do. I think you would be more <laughs> you of like a facilitator doing. of the scene. Yeah, I that's think, what I said, a curator of yeah. the scene. You understand yeah. how to put pieces because together. You, yeah. But also you kept things together because there wasn't pieces back then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had to make things happen yeah. on your own accord and you, you facilitated clashes. innovator. Clashes. Yeah, innovator. And I would say, like, they would, the, the word they would use, pioneer. Mm. Nice. Um, that's the word. It suits. It suits. It suits. I don't like to call myself a pioneer. I think that's oh, for we'll other people to say. It's not for you to call yourself, oh, but it's, for, it's us looking yeah. in and recognizing. You've had a you've had a great balance between um, you being an artist and of course be the, the pioneer. Being a, we're gonna have to say yeah, being a, being a, a like curator. curator, gonna, curator yeah, I, I like that word curator, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, being able to be in the background and also enjoy the limelight. You're someone that had a platform. That created, you know, probably one of the best, pla- biggest platforms that's got well, legends now. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The artists that we've got popping now came through other platforms. Yeah, yeah. Right? SBTV, so, so SBTV, Jamal, Jamal Edwards. Of I just, you know, I just did you ever have a chance to collaborate with Jamal or you guys sat down? What was the relationship with well, you? Well, I just like? came back from, I was just with Jamal's mom just now. Right. Um, and yeah, we just can't say too much, yeah. know, but okay. we just shot something really epic. Mm. Um, and it was Jamal's wishes. Um, but yeah, I actually uh, was with Jamal two days before he passed. Mm. Right. And we just solidified working on a collaboration together. Mm. Um, but the last call that I had with Jamal, he was on the phone to me and he was like, yeah, man, you know, it's because of you, man. Like, what you built with Lord of the Mics and all the, like, with the, that's why I wanted to get my video camera and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but come on, man, what about you? Like, yeah. I was having this kind of yeah, back this, and forth. Like, oh, I'm trying to be like you, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to be like you, big man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of weird because yeah. um, I'm, I'm glad I had those conversations with him. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, and I got to tell him what I think about what he was doing. You know what, what I mean? did you think of SPTV when it first started? Um, what was going through your mind? So, it's, it's, it's a funny one because the man was telling me, yo, put the DVDs on the YouTube. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm thinking... What's that then? That's yeah. not making no sense. But Jamal started to do it and the way I saw it, it kind of working... I understood. And when he when he would ask me to do something, I was just fully backing it, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I thought it was sick what he was doing. And I met Jamal way before SBTV. I met him when he was working um, 
in Kiss FM for Logan doing right. Keeping It Grammy oh, yeah. footage. Right. And that's actually how I came about knowing him because Logan was like, this kid keeps phoning me and he wants to film, he wants to film. And <laughs> he then, was just a videographer. Yeah, then. I went in there and this guy just pulled out the camera filming me and I'm like, who's this guy filming me? Like, <laughs> yeah, he even said hello. And, then, and Logan was like, no, 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 that's the guy I was telling you about, whatever. And then he, I said, like, he stopped the camera and then he said hello. And then from that day, we kind of became cool and then it kind of grew from there. I think he reached out to man again after that and then... Man just became blessed, do you get what yeah. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. man used to, anytime like SBTV was doing stuff, I was supported, do you get me? Mm-hmm. But SBTV was massively a part of elevating it again, yeah. you know, giving it another a boost and, and kind of taking it international, especially with the internet at the time. And um, he was just a... He was a visionary, but like I think he was just doing it because he loved MCing and he loved music, and he just mm. he just loved it. Like he was in te- he was like instrumental in bringing Ed Sheeran yeah. forth, you know, right. and um, a lot of other things, you know, yeah. a lot, a lot of other Jamal things. Jamal helped me. Yeah, I mean, ex- you know? exactly. I was about I mean? to say, like, like I, touch on everyone. Yeah, he mm. he, but never for any game. No, you it know just, what? It always came across as fun for him and just he wanted he to just be in that space and he wanted to, to capture it. You know, yeah, you know yeah. what it is? When the guys are really building, that's why like even me, like a lot of my early career, people say to me, oh, but when you did that for that person, don't you wish that you took this off them or oh. that and that? And I was thinking, I said to someone the other day, you know what? If I'd kind of tied this man down to a contract and that man down to this and that, our relationships might not have been what yeah. they are today. 100%. Or man might have not respected my thing as how they respect it today. But then there's a there's a time that comes with knowledge and your growth and all your experience, it has a value. Yeah. So like if someone's coming to me now and they're like, look, we want to do this, this and this, I'm in a position where I'll be like, look, I will help you with this, but this is what the situation is. This is what, like, what I need for me to do that job. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because, you know, at a certain point, you you, you have to know your your value and what you're doing once you've built it to a certain stage. But all the initial stuff that I've already done with my career, it was just from, and it's not to say that any other business that I'm not doing is from a loving place, but yeah. it was, it, it just, I just felt that that work needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Jamal yeah. felt that that work needed to be done at the yeah. time. So sometimes when you, something needs to be done, you might not it's benefit from it, yeah, you know, but it just needs to be done for the thing to keep turning over and to go forward. So, yeah, it's 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 a hard one when it comes to that type of stuff, man, because everyone's going to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, like, this person done this, but he done it for a gain. Like, but what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Your Everything's team transactional. Exactly. A lot you of things are transactional with people. Yeah, yeah. So it's just nice that we've got instruments like you guys that are just doing it and it's making the the the, the, the scene thrive and, you know, we get to have jobs. Oh, well, oh, yeah. So. Well, this is it. And, and, you know, when you're talking about Jamal... With that being a younger, looking at what you're doing, mm-hmm. you've down, you know, legends came out of that. He's now started his thing, and those same legends that started on yours started also using his platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, you had amongst all those legends, you had other platforms, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's 2022, Jamal. Yeah. And I know you keep your your ears to the ground because every now and then you come out and you go, nah, I'm not sure what's going on down there. Yeah. But who are some of the what are some of the platforms that you think are doing the things for 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 the culture? Mm. Um, you know, when when it comes to freestyling, when it comes to clashing, right, Pat, when Patman TV, mm-hmm. yeah. Black Box, yeah, mm-hmm. Black um, Box, big, yeah. I feel like um, mixtape madness. I was going to yeah. give him a yeah. um, shout out for definitely. sure. I feel like those are the two free 
the sort of the three new generation platforms that are really doing it well. Yeah. And I really respect the way that they're elevating it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm happy to see it. Do you know what I'm saying? And also, those guys are really doing it like from the heart too. Yeah. yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Is there any two rappers that you would like to see clash now? What, from Gram or from Drill? Ooh, let's oh. do Drill. Let's make it interesting. And then I we would, can go. I would love to see Central C versus Digger D. Come oh! on! Boys. And do you know what? This is this is a problem. That's what we want. Because if Marco Man says I would, what, I would want. like to see. Yeah. Then that's exactly what needs to happen. I'd like to see that. You and you know me. the man that can make it happen. You know you are right. Do you know. You know, you know what? Yeah. With with things like this, yeah. I don't like to say I'm the guy that can do anything. I'm saying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm saying it. it. But what I do <laughs> yeah. understand is that we're in a we're in a different time. Yep. Um. Of of how music is and how artists are. Yeah, you yeah. You get what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, if it was Graham, I'd love to see Cadell versus PK. Okay. Well. So, but yeah. I think those two, I think those two still understand the music, the clashing element of things because mm-hmm. they, don't get me wrong, there's a little cute beef once in a while, but yeah. I still think as artists, they would understand the platform. Like, if you was to go to them and say, yo, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, they want to do it would take, yeah, And then let's be... Wait, wait, what? Let's be... They, 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 they want to do it. Oh, so I had the feeling... Let me tell you something. This on, is how you created jammer, the buzz. Yeah. This is how... My 15-year-old son needs to see this. <laughs> you know what? Everyone's been talking about this hype and they want me to do Lord of the Mites again, yeah? And... <clears throat> Hello? Do it. <clears throat> what, you're there choking your bed? Are you all right? Uh, yes, bro, Sensei. All right. Okay, confirm. You're hearing bro. it right here in the notice. We're taking touch, it back. One quick one for the just yeah. the tops. Quick, quick. What are you saying? So I'm on it. I'll be. I'll. I have pom poms and I'll be in the in the audience. I'm yeah. down. I'm down. List down. Go. go give. Give us the clash that's gonna uh, happen. What are you saying? If you want, what you want, someone else to host it. No. no. What are you what? talking about? What would that, why would that make that Lord of the Mics then? No. That might become, I don't know, Stranger of the Mics. <laughs> Let me, are you right? We Your need Lord. the Lord of the Mics. <laughs> Is everyone right here? Stranger of the Mics? I want no supervisor. Someone wants to give us a Lord. Lord of the Mic diet. Lord. <laughs> Is everyone. <laughs> Is that what I'm right? You man trying to veganize. Well, you know, I don't yeah, even know no, if that's the word. Vegan. You're you trying to vegan. No, let's not do that. You don't want another one. What are you no. talking about? All right. You want, so, so we want to go from Jamma so to Amma. Wait. Oh, oh. <laughs> but Jamma, when you said they want to do it, who were they reaching out to? They've been reaching out to me as of well. Of course. Everybody you, is going mad in this podcast. What's about, happening? It's but not about, like, we, I mean, we can host it. We will not host it. They've been reaching out to my business partner as well. Okay. You get what I'm saying? So, I think it needs to happen for the culture, man. For the culture. Uh, you're not making me think still. All, All right, right. That's enough. That's it. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Mm. The note is mm. plus four four. Mm. Marco, man. With the knowledge. Yeah. When's the book out? Hopefully next year, the book, middle of next year. But remember, we've got the museum coming in. Yeah. Um, yes. Please. London Museum. I want everyone to go and check that out because it's got a lot of... Um, history there and I've made a really 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 good film with them that oh, kind of gives you an insight because sometimes when I'm doing interviews I can't remember everything of course, of course. Knowledge, you know what I'm saying but there's a lot of knowledge there um working on a couple of projects which are coming congrats as well. on your new movement um, top producer yeah the top producer platform yeah. I've got two other platforms which I've wrote I'm doing a lot of different work like I said like since lockdown it's been um it was very different for me because I'm I move around, I travel a lot, yeah. and I, I was in one place. So I started to do different things, and I started to um, create different things. Um, 
and it's just been really, really of a good transition for me. Like, like I said, don't I don't really party. I don't go out. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Every every yeah, every now and every now and then. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not yeah. saying it in a way where. Like if you're doing your thing, do your thing. It's like I'm not I'm not against yeah. it. I can see, but I'm just in a different stage of what I'm trying to achieve, yeah. and I've got so much things going on and good things happening that I don't have time for all of that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, yeah, yeah. I can't focus on big things when I'm looking at small distractions. That's right. So enough about it. Enough about Thank you so much for joining us on the Plus Four Four Presents and Naughty's podcast, Jammer. My Come guy, on. yeah. Zoop zoop. Love. Yes. Coming up next week on Plus Four Four presents the Naughties. I know Naughty's excited about this one. Oh Come on. Shiesty. Come on. And one of the UK's most exciting up and coming rappers. She already has a MOBO nomination under her belt. If any. To re record One Wish like three times. What? Yeah, they were just like, it's too aggressive. It was like, it's too aggressive. Like, you need to like pull it back. That was like labeled like, oh, the ghetto girl from Hackney and stuff like that. And then. When we tried to get playlists in, they was just like, they can only playlist one black woman at a time. So is that a Make sure you listen to Plus 44 Presents The Naughties exclusively on Amazon Music.